don't know about y'all, but God has been been awesome. Been faithful. Of course, we've had some some of the kids come in here too. We haven't made it yet. How you doing, Lord? Good to see you. Can't hear me. Hallelujah. Is that a little better? A little bit. Hallelujah. Amen. <coughs> We've been studying some on, well, it's on tithing. But most of the time when we're talking about, so far when we're talking about tithing, we've been dealing with relationships. And that's what we're going to deal with again just a little bit. Because our relationship with God determines a whole, determines everything. Start to say it term, determines a whole lot, but it really it determines everything. It determines everything we do, everything how we respond. It determines everything. You know. So we're gonna. Throw a question out there. I guess the title of this is How Do You View God? Or What Is Your Perception of God? Perception can mean what is your knowledge or what is your understanding of God? Have you ever thought about that? How do you view God? <laughs> what do you when you think about God? What do you think? Anybody want to? When you think about God, what's the first? What do you think about? Trustworthy. He is faithful. He is true. And indeed. Amen. See, God spoke this to me year, several years ago. He said that our perception of God determines how far we will go with God. Basically, how we view God determines how we're going to respond. It determines how we're going to react whenever he tells us to do something. It determines how we're going to react when situations come up. Our perception of God determines all of that. See, before, we've been looking at Abram back when uh, Melchizedek, the king and priest, blessed him. Well, before he was blessed, 
by the king. He had just went into battle. He had, he had talked, God talked to Abram. But I found no place in scripture where Abram ever asked God a question. He never consulted God. He didn't consult God before he went into battle. He knew God. He knew there was a God because God spoke to him. But when he got ready, to, but when his uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was conquered and his whoever Lot was, one of his relatives, was taken captive, he found out he did not consult God and say, what do I do? He just gathered up his servants, armed them, and went to war and won and come back. That's because his perception of God was a God that's out there. You understand what I'm saying? He's, he's a distant God. He's watching, and he speaks, but there was no relationship. Not until uh, he come back and returned, and that's when Melchizedek came forth and brought forth the bread and the wine and spoke that blessing over him. Then his view of God changed. His perception of God changed. And when his perception of God changed, and the reason God did that then was because Melchizedek, no, not Melchizedek, but because Abram was just going to be changed, his name was going to be changed to Abraham, was going to be the father of the church, basically. He's going to be our representative. So for the church to have a relationship with God now, it had to start back here with him. He is our example. Then after Melchizedek blessed Abraham in the name of El Elyon and had communion with Abraham, Abram's perception of God changed. Then God wanted it to change so that he could have a relationship with mankind like he had with Adam. See, when, he had, when Adam was in the garden, God walked and Adam walked together. They were in communion. See, if people I know we've heard heard about predestination and we know there are people out there that and predestination is mentioned in the Bible. And there are people out there that believe that God has done set everything in order and that he knows who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. And he knows all of this and it's already set in concrete. So What's the point of me praying? What's the point of me doing anything? Because if I'm supposed, this is a concept that's out there. If I'm supposed to be saved, it's going to happen. That is a wrong perception of God. 
because that if you have that if people have that perception of God then they have no need to pray what's the point of praying why should I pray it's not going to change anything I'm just going to go along everything's just going to fall into place it's just going to happen We've always heard, we've heard this, you hear this quite often, whatever will be, will be. There's even a song, mm-hmm. like Kay Sarah, Sarah, whatever that means, whatever will be, will be. Mm-hmm. That is a mindset that a lot of people have. They think, well, whatever will be, will be. That's not the truth. That is not the truth. But it's amazing just thinking about that song. It has a nice little flow to it. Mm-hmm. Tell me the enemy didn't do that on purpose. Yep. It's a nice little flow. It just goes right along. It sounds real sweet. <laughs> but it's not the truth. You see, when people begin to see God as a personal God, well, we'll just get, before we go there, if we don't see God as a personal God, if we see him just as this supreme being that's sitting up there in heaven just watching us, then where's our hope at? Where's our victory at? Where's our... We can't even begin to think that we might change. Does that make sense? But if we, ha- if we see God as a personal God, if we see, want, see him as a God that wants to get involved in our life, that wants to help us, that wants to change us, then we have hope. That's when hope comes in. If we don't view him as being personal, and when I say personal, I'm talking about one-on-one personal. We know he watches, people know that we, he watches over the whole church, but he is more than that. He wants to be personal. He wants to speak to Brother Ernie. He wants to speak to Andy. And he wants to speak to Paul. He wants to speak to Miss Leela. Personally. Yes, he speaks to us through people. And he done he's did that a lot. With me, uh, in the beginning, I don't have people speak over me near as much as I used to. I wonder why that is. Maybe it's because I can hear myself now a little better than I used to. But until that point, we have to have someone else speak over us. But God really wants to speak to us directly. We want people to pray for our children. God showed, told me this here a while back. I was talking to him. We were just talking. And, uh, you know, we want people to prophesy over our kids. <laughs> Who don't? We want somebody 
great. We want Pastor Angie to prophesy over our kids. Who don't want that? I was talking to God one day and says, why don't you? Why don't you? They're your kids. And he's my God. That's getting personal. For me to speak over my kids, I've got to get personal with God to hear what he has to say to speak over my kids. God wants us to be personal. He wants to get personal with us. I'll just read what I wrote here. It says, when people begin to see God as a personal God, then they have hope. They can see that God wants to bring change. They can see that God wants to get involved in their personal life. They can see that they don't just have to take what the world or what life or what their natural heritage says about them. That's a big thing right there. What your natural heritage says about you. My mama did this. My daddy did this. So my great-grandpa acted this way. So I'm going to act this way. You hear that all the time. That kind of, those kind of statements. My great-grandpa had a temper. My daddy had a temper. So I've got to have a temper. So that's why I have a temper. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to have it too. predestination but if you don't have a personal relationship with God you accept those things as being the way that it is it's just got to be that way okay, you know that okay sirrah sirrah it's just going to be that way I'm going to have all of this because and I hate commercials on TV because they are constantly trying to put something on you. Just be on guard because they are. If you if you had this back, blah, 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 you're going to have this, so you need this medication. So go to your doctor right now and get a prescription before it shows up. That same thing, Kesarasra. This is coming to me because, but that is the wrong perception of God. When we have the right perception of God, then what took place back here doesn't have to affect what took, takes place out here. If, the, if we have the wrong perception of God, we will let our past dictate our future but God said that his mercies are new every morning 
that tells me one thing. I can start over every time the sun comes up. I can start over. It doesn't have to continue. See, our perception of God, as I said a while ago, determines how far we will go with God. It also determines what we will trust God with. Our perception of God determines what we would trust him with. We've all trusted him with our soul. We've, we've made that step. You would think that if we could make that step, we could trust him with everything. But it doesn't always happen that way. And I was, God showed me something here a while back about, uh, about atheists. Can't say it's true for all of them. But for the majority of them, when you begin to listen to them talk, at one time in their life, they prayed and asked God to do something. And he didn't do it. Therefore, God does not exist. Because what they asked for wasn't a bad thing. It was good. It makes sense to the natural mind. So since God didn't do it, and it's a good thing, God does not exist. That's their logic. They have the wrong perception of God. They have the perception that God is a puppet on a string, and that if I want something, and it's good, I think it's good for me. He should just do it for me. That's their perception. They never thought that maybe I should pray and ask God what he wants to do. I tell him what I want him to do. Hmm. I tell him what I need, and if he doesn't do it, then he doesn't exist because what I need is right. Okay, now that's, that's their perception in a nutshell. There's another perception that comes from that. And it's, it's, it's a religious perception. It can go the other direction too. Except, instead of people turning to be atheists, they turn religious. Well, they think God is mean. I want God to do something. I pray God, and he doesn't answer the way I want him to. So he's a mean God. He doesn't like me. That's out there, too. He's going to strike you. How many times have you heard... You may have heard, I've never had my parents tell me this, but I know some of you probably have, and I've heard other people say it to their kids, you better straighten up. God's watching you. God's going to get you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What perception of God are they portraying? Right in there with the boogeyman. Yeah. 
Does that make a child want to run to God? You sit in his lap? Oh, no. Makes him want to run and hide. That's the wrong perception of God. And that's, that's a religious side of it. We have the atheist side, then we have the religious side, which they're both out there. So what is our perception of God supposed to be? Let's look at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse, starting in verse 21. Show you what happens when our perception gets off. It says, because that when they knew God, this is people that knew God, they glorified him not as God. They didn't give God his rightful place. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They thought they were wise, but God said they became, became fools. Because they did not give God his rightful place. They did not, their perception of God was wrong. It says, and in verse 23, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. We all know and have heard of people that worship, and it's beyond my comprehension why you'd worship a cow, why you'd worship a rock, why you'd worship a tree. I mean, we're the things that move upon the earth. We're the ones that can talk. But yet you're going to worship stuff that's lower than, at least worship somebody. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, it just blows my mind. They worship everything. They worship birds, bugs, and who knows what. Man is built to worship. We were created to do that, so we're going to. But when our perception is of God is wrong, we're going to worship the wrong thing, anything and everything, or ourselves. But I cannot comprehend worshiping something that's on a lesser intellectual level than a human being, if that makes sense. Is that, I can't understand worshiping people either, but at least. Yeah. <laughs> at least something you can talk to. <laughs> people starving to death in some places and they worshiping a cow. Yeah. That cow would be on the grill. Yeah, Let's just yeah. tell the truth. Yeah. It's just, I don't understand it. 
mean, you got their kids are starving. It's because their perception of God is wrong. They don't know God. They don't know the true and living God. They think that it's this four-footed creature that's walking around here that's, and that's what they worship, and they're starving to death. What kind of God is that? Well, uh, I'll tell you all about it. All of us, if we just think about it, our perception of God has changed over the years. And I'll give you a little, uh, I'll tell you, well, even about, about this lesson. Because of the way I work, uh, Rhonda teaches when I'm not here, and she didn't know whether I was going to be here to teach this morning. And she didn't find out till Friday. Well, I was talking to her Wednesday night, and she told me, says, well, my schedule don't come out till Friday, so I didn't know till Friday. As soon as I found out, I let her know. But so she's always got to be prepared. You know, that's not an easy place to be. But she's willing. But I was talking to her Wednesday night, and uh, she asked me, was I going to be here? And I told her, says, I don't know, I won't know, so you just... You just got to be prepared. And she said, but God hasn't given me anything yet. Well, this is Wednesday night, and you got to teach Sunday school. But what I didn't tell her was God hadn't given me anything yet either. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hear from God too, and he, and he hadn't told me nothing. But to show you how my perception of God has changed over the years. Normally, if I hadn't got something by Wednesday and I'm going to teach Sunday, it's, it's time we're fixing to go on a, we're fixing to fast till Sunday. Yeah, we're fixing to shut the doors, lock, and I'm fixing to come up here and sleep on the altar. You know, that's, that's the way you begin to feel. And, you know, when God began to speak to me, well, it was Friday after 5 o'clock p.m. That's when he, began to, when he began to talk to me. But I had already made up my mind that I'd already settled it in me that if he did not speak to me before I got up here, I was getting up here anyway just going to get up here and stand here and see what happens. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it, it, it takes a change of perception of God to do that. I'm not saying I've arrived or anything close to it. But I know God has come through in the past. I've seen him do it. I've had, he's had me to step away from my notes and I'd have some nice notes. <laughs> step away from them. You hear it in your spirit. And that's what you do. You, you, you make that choice then. And when you begin to do that, he begins to come through. And he comes through 
your perception of God begins to change. I remember one, one service, Pastor Angie was preaching, and it was toward the end of the service, and she had been ministering to people. Service wasn't over. She was up on the platform. She turned and handed me the mic and said, you take it, and left and went in her office. <laughs> My perception of God changed after that because I went right on with it. Went right on with whatever, what was with the flow of the flow of the service. I think I wasn't nervous. You may not have could have seen me shaking, but I was shaking. But that's what we call faith. When God tells us to do something, we step out into it no matter what. Amen. So, I'm going to show you a couple of different perceptions right here. Let's go to 1 Samuel. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We'll show you two different perceptions of God. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to read in verse 9. This is the story of Goliath, David and Goliath. Goliath is speaking. He says, if, if he be able to talk about about sending someone out to fight with him. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then I will be your we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Okay, now here's Saul and all Israel. It says, when Saul and all Israel heard those words, of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Okay, let's have a look at what David did. Verse 24. It says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel he has come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You see two different perceptions of God right there. Saul and all of Israel's perception of God was not very, not very high. They were ready to run and hide. But when David heard this man defy God, first thing he wanted to do was kill him. 
He was not afraid. There was not a, there was not a bone in him that was afraid. It's like, and it's because he knew God. And it goes on to tell us that David, while he was out there tending the sheep, he worshiped God, he praised God, and he also, by the power of God, killed a lion and a bear. So it's like he had already, he knew his God. He had proven his God, or God had proven himself to him. Why? Because he had spent time with him. He had a relationship, and he had spent time with him. So when this Philistine come up, it's like, who is this? Let me just go out there and take care of this right now. I'll fix this problem. It wasn't no let's run and hide. It's like, it's like turn me loose. I'm fixing fix this. And it's because his perception of God was that he knew he knew his God was going to back him up. He knew his God was not going to run. He knew his God was the all-powerful God. They served the same God. Saul and all Israel and David served the same God. But their perceptions were completely opposite. And it's all because David had spent time with God. So what is our perception of God supposed to be? One, that God is the supreme God, the one and only God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the great I am, the God of war, the God that knows all and sees all. If we just get that perception right there that God knows all, Elder that Robert. would save us a whole lot of problems. Um, I just wanted to uh, reiterate that point about that you made about because you spent the time knowing God. Um, that that's the difference in any situation and circumstance because when I when I know Him, when I've formed a relationship with Him, then I I know He'll come through for me. I know the right. Uh, I know how to hear from him, and I know the right decision to make because I have a relationship. And if, and when we come, we, we get overcome with fear in a situation like that, then that's as much a relationship problem as it is an attack of the enemy. Because I should, I should be able to recognize if I'm really close with Jesus all the time, not just when something goes wrong and I try to get close, but if I'm really close with him all the time, then. I can know by the spirit always. Okay, this is an attack of the enemy. I know, I know, God's going to give me victory over this Goliath. I'm, he's going, he's going to die because I've spent the time, and in the little things, learning. Um, because there comes, you know, there comes a time when, uh, several years ago, you were saying how you, uh, you used to would go on a fast or something if you if God didn't speak to you by Wednesday. But over time, you begin to, when you spent that time with God and you've gone through things with him, you 
begin to know that I'm going to have a word before I get up there. And if I don't, I'm going to have a word when I get up there. I know it. It's not because I know God and I know my relationship with him. And so I don't have any doubt in me about that. Um, but it's all through, it is all through that relationship. It's, it's through that spending time. That's how we get victory. Amen. I want you to hear what he just said. It's about spending time, not just when, when you need something. It's spending time, period. Spending time when you don't need anything. That's when you begin to really develop that relationship. And like you said, that's when you begin to hear. And it's like, well, I'll give you another example of uh, our circumstances that we go through. One of the things that should come out of our circumstances is our perception of God should change. Uh, the house that we live in now, we sought God about buying the house. He worked things out where we could buy it. Our house payment practically tripled. And you know, most of us, we're set at a, no matter what we make, we seem to be set at an income level. Well, what do you do when your house payment triples? But you, but you know God told you to do this. So we struggled and we struggled and we struggled. And finances were tight. And I mean, when your house payment triples, your fi finances get yeah. tight. But he told us to buy the house. We knew that. So I had the bright idea. I'm going to sell the house. I'm going to ease some of this. You know, we, we bought the house. We did that part. So now I'm going to sell it. Nobody would buy it. It's a nice house. We had a couple that tried to buy it, and they couldn't. For, for some reason, they, they couldn't get the, get the loan. They Hadn't worked at the place long enough that they were working or something. So what do you do then? Ain't nothing to do but back up and pray. You see, God, what God was doing was he was changing our perception. And since then, we have refinanced. He's led us to refinance our house twice. Lowered our payment twice. So what has my perception of God done? It, it went from here to, it, it took a jump. That's what our circumstances do. If we allow God to lead us through them, see, I tried to get out of it. That's what I was doing. I was try I'm trying to figure out a way to get out of it. And God's figuring out a way to get me through it and change the way I see him. Amen. And now it's like, uh, well, it's just like when we got our, our new vehicle out here. 
we had already done it. I'd already been looking a little bit and been talking. And then one day at prayer, Pastor Angie said, it's time. Did I have the money? No. But I knew the voice of God, and I knew that if he said it's time, it's time. We went looking and come home with a, with a different vehicle. And God's made a way to make the payments on it. Amen. Our perception of God has changed. It's like if God says it, that's the key right there. If God says it, then you can go with it. It doesn't mean it's not going to be a struggle for a while, but it means you can go with it. But your perception of God has got to, you've got to hear God. You've got to have that relationship where you can hear him and then go with it. So uh, how does that deal with our finances? How does that deal with our money? How does that deal with, take like on sale group, I'll use that for an example for us. When we started sale group at our, our home group at our house, we were fixing for a, buying all the food for the people. We were spending at least $50 a week. You know, that's just the two of us. We could probably eat on groceries for $50 a week. Just about it. But we're spending $50 a night, one night, to feed the cell group. And at first, that was a struggle. But uh, as time went on, we began to see that uh, our refrigerator was beginning to be full. Amen. We were having to give stuff away. We didn't have, have room to keep it in there. Our cabinets were beginning to be full. It's like, y'all take some of this home. <laughs> it didn't start that way immediately, but we knew God started the home group, started it in, we were, had one in our house, and that's what we were supposed to do. We were supposed to have have a meal of some sort for the home group. So our perception of God has changed. It's like, it's no big deal anymore. But we encourage people to step into that and help in that, not because we need the help. It's because it will bring you up. Yes, it will. It will bring somebody else up. It will bring their perception of God up. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. It tells us something, and if there is a struggle, the struggle just makes you stronger in you because you know you're getting through it. That's, that's it one more time. 
I say every time that we, God, we hear from God and we go at, and we do what God tells us to do, we do the word, and there is a struggle. All that struggle does is just make it stronger, make us stronger in God. Amen. Amen. See, we teach to walk in 100% victory 100% of the time. But our perception of God has got to be right to do that. And for our, to, for our perception of God to be right, we've got to spend time in his presence. We've got, got to know him. We've got to know him like David knew him. David was not afraid of Goliath. Not afraid at all. It's like when he first heard him, it's like, let me take care of this problem right now. Because I know my God. He goes on to say in there, I hear that my God will defeat you today. My God will kill you today. That's because his perception of God was right. Amen. So uh, I think it's about time. So, Lord, we just, we just ask that you begin to change our perception of you, that we begin to spend time with you, begin to see, seek your face, seek you in our circumstances, seek a word from you, and trust that word. Give us the courage, Lord, to trust that word that you give us and not try to wiggle our way out of it, because we'll do that. Not try to figure our way out of it. But trust you. And change our perception of you. Let us see you for who you really are. The God that takes care of us. The God that supplies all our needs according to your riches and glory. The God that goes to battle for us. The God that never loses a battle. Lord, we just thank you and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.